Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. And we are here in the off-season of, uh, into the 2022 season. And we were looking back, and one of the things I wanted to kind of bring up and we were talking about is, who should have won the 2021 AL MVP? Well, and we know who did. We know who did, and that was Shohei Otani, but... Should have it been Vlad Guerrero Jr.? I mean, the offensive season he put up was pretty impressive. My my answer is no, it's Otani. And and I was on the other side of the fence. I I, I definitely argued strongly for Vlad uh, Jr. to be that because uh, he probably more than any player on that team was, you know, the driving force that kept them in the race. Um, and, and when they didn't make the playoffs and they didn't get the wild card, it kind of took the air out of my sails because the, the old joke with a guy like Shohei Otani is we could have finished fourth without you. Yeah. They could have been the worst, you know, they could have, well, they weren't going to finish fourth because I think the Rangers had that pretty well in lock. True, true. But, um, it, it wasn't like having Shohei Otani or not having a rather unbelievable season from Shohei Otani was the difference maker for the Los Angeles Angels. Right, right. So it goes back to, you know, most valuable. And and so I get into trouble all, all the time because I argue because my my thought of most valuable always has to do with the impact on team performance. And so if you take that tack, then you're going to be looking for teams that win. And as you and everybody else point out to me is then, you know, well, well, you're going to penalize a guy for being on a bad team. Right. It becomes almost a front office award because it basically goes to who's the best player on the team that's in first place. So whoever generally constructed the best roster is going to have going to win the MVP. And sure, there will be years where they get it right, and they do get it plenty right plenty of times because there is a guy on a team that, you know, isn't making the most, they're not having the highest payroll in baseball, but he still has an unbelievable year and they finish in first. So it makes sense some of the time. But I think the idea that team value, it's such a hard thing to quantify. And is it really Shohei Ozani's fault that Mike Trout was basically out the entire season last year? Right, right. Should he get punished for that? So uh, just looking at the award, I, I always remind myself that first uh, real award, what I mean, the today's MVP or, uh, by the writers as, as it ended up being started in 31, but they went back and had awards for players in the league before that. They had something that ended up, we called the MVP, it was called the Chalmers Award in 1911, honoring the most important and useful player you know, to the club and the league. Okay, that then they just continue that after right, which makes sense because it's a lot of weird criteria. So they do there. this for three years or four years, okay, and then eight years later in 1922, uh, the American League, and then the, and two years later the National League, they gave an MVP to the baseball player who is of the greatest all around service to his club. I mean, I mean, some of the stuff is just ridiculous when you think about that. And then prior winners were not eligible to win the MVP award again during this time, which, which makes, makes no, no sense. sense. <laughs> makes no sense. So we have the MVP. Uh, the first one was 1931. Jimmy Fox won the first MVP famously. Um, and you vote on the MVP before the postseason. And this is something you should keep in mind when you think about it because and, – And it was one of the things we were looking at. So one of the things we wanted to look at are the people that have won – MVPs that are not in the Hall of Fame because it was kind of an interesting thing to think about like how often does it happen and of the guys that did win an MVP and not make it a Hall of Fame like what what are, what are kind of some of the interesting things about there I think one of the interesting things is that 61 
There have been 61 MVP awards given to guys that did not make the Hall of Fame. Now, there are some people, Roger Maris, for instance, that did manage to pick up multiple MVPs in that time period without being in the Hall of Fame. And Dale Murphy, as you and mentioned Dale Murphy. Right, right. So one of the interesting things, I think, is that there's 29 of the years where there was an MVP winner that's not in the Hall of Fame. They made the World Series. Not necessarily won it, but the, the guy that won the MVP ended up in the World Series. So, so about 50% of the time. And that means that they played on good teams, bringing more notoriety to the player because you played in a winning team and, and people favor. So, so generally what, what, what it is is MVP is a pretty good indicator of team success. Right. More often than not, having the MVP on your team is a good thing. And, and it changed so much over the years. Remember, we can go back and apply these things like war and to seasons, to. right, to seasons that back then they didn't have that. They had home runs, RBIs, batting average, maybe walks or And or so you get into percentage. a couple – you get into some screwy stuff. Like like you look back at like when they were giving them out in that period where it was to greatest all-around service to his club. Now, I don't know Roger Peckinpah. <laughs> I don't know how much of a service he was to the New York Giants. But he put up 2.7 war in the year he, in 1925 when he won the MVP. So I can't imagine he was that much of a service to them. And again, we're retroactively – they retroactively right. apply war. But 2.7 is in fact the single lowest war year and it's for not a guy even- who won and an it's MVP. not close. Right. And it's not close. There, there's, you know, there are guys in the threes, but nobody else. Has nobody else is in under three. I don't think anybody else is under three five. So, um, you know, and so when you go back to the beginning of them in the Atlantic, you, so Ty Cobb wins an MVP and Tris Speaker wins an MVP in the first two years and the second year. But two other guys, one that you've never heard of, Frank Schulte and Larry Doyle won MVPs. They were the Chalmers Award. We've never heard of these guys. They both had war over five retroactively go back, but they're not in the Hall of Fame. In fact, they're not really remembered. We'll also say that technically there is one guy on this list that did make the Hall of Fame who won an MVP, but he's not in as a player, and that is Tory. Tory won the MVP in 71 playing third for the cards, but he's in as a as a manager, not as a player. So he is counted as part of this list. Right. And we had uh, one of our listeners, you know, reminded us, and I should really, you know, the guy was nice enough to write, you know, write to us. Dave Metter uh, sent us an item saying that the Hall of Fame can, in fact, consider the entire career of a player. And we talk about that, how he either goes in as a manager or he goes as a player. But as it goes, those whose careers entailed involvement in multiple categories will be considered for their overall contribution to the game of baseball. So... There's to me, it's a bit of a mistake to put a guy in as a manager or a player well, because that, that we're means you should just remove more than that. Well, that. That means what you should do is remove the, the the problem is you can't remove the distinction because even as a fan, like I'm like okay, you can bridge the gap and consider playing time and managing time as one and the same that you're you're getting in on sort of the merits of both. But then the problem is if you take away all distinction and you're just you're in the ball Hall of Fame due to baseball contributions, owners should not be put in in the same way. <laughs> no doubt about that. As the players and managers, as like executives. And, and, and I stuff. think it's I think your point is right. I think you have to come down on one side or the other. So I believe Dusty Baker will be a Hall of Famer one day, right? He's going to win 2000 games as a manager. As a manager, he had a nice playing career. That, that helps him as a guy who's contributed so much about baseball, the fact that right. he was a player but he is not a hall of fame player and I, i'm pretty sure dusty baker would tell you that so there's another guy on the list that um that has won multiple mvps should be in the hall of fame and should not be in the hall of fame oh. on, on our list here he won two mvps and not in consecutive years um and he played for the texas rangers oh i was talking about i was thinking i was thinking uh dale murphy 
Right, right, right. I think Dale Murphy should be in the Hall of Fame. But this guy, guy. nobody gives him any any credit, and that's Juan Gonzalez. So he won MVPs in 96 with a 3.8 war, mind you, um, and in 98 with a 4.9 war. Um, And by the way, in 1998, A-Rod, who didn't win the MVP, had a 9.7 war, had a ridiculous, I think you you pull up his, had a ridiculous season compared to Juan Gonzalez. Like, it's the kind of thing where you're looking at, I think A-Rod hit, like, just, it was nutty looking at his statistics. He had an OPS, I think, of like 1046 or something. Like, right, right. Just absolutely all phases while being a good defender, which Juan Gonzalez was not known as. I, and I, I just don't – so at that time, I think um, we we valued home runs so much. Well, we that, can point to the much – Gonzalez hit home runs. We can point to the better example of this, which also features A-Rod, interestingly enough. Okay. And that would be Mo Vaughn's MVP. Right, right, right. Well, let's 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 do um, the one that A Rod didn't win. Well, that was Albert Bell and Martinez. Right, saying. right. That was the one that that A Rod didn't win, and and he was with Seattle, and he he had a snappy you know, season in 1998 where he played in 161 games. Uh, so you know, A Rod always played a lot. Uh, he batted 310, had 42 homers, 124 RBIs, um, and finished second to Juan Gonzalez, who had 3.9 more, and I think he hit. 47 home runs or something yeah. like that. He had a few more home runs. It was uh, the home runs. And, but I don't know why, what the – and by the way, A-Rod hadn't yet started winning gold gloves. Uh, he ended up winning them after that. He hadn't won any all the way until 2003. Mm-hmm. And so why Juan Gonzalez is because of the love for the home run. But that's, like A-Rod had 42 at shortstop. I mean, the, the guy was in left but, field. But Juan had already won one. So right. – Oh, okay. So he had rep. That rep. That rep that existed and that was still much – part of the problem with a lot of the older MVP awards is that they were very much given away as part of a popularity contest. No doubt. You heard me say because that all the time. the writers are the ones, especially before the advent of the internet, the writers were the ones voting on this, which means they were just talking about it. So that means if the writers really only had each other to go off of because they could only see these teams when they played each other – so if the writer in St. Louis loves a particular Cardinal and he's just saying, no, this guy needs to win one. And he's been saying that for the last four years. The guy has a good year one year. Everybody might be like, fine, we'll give it to him just so he shuts up about this. <laughs> I, I don't I, I I think that they do got to come down on the fact of the reputation because of this is to mess up. It's and if he has year. a really good season, it's going to be hard to vote against him. So it, it, It's a kind of like the Oscar situation where sometimes the guy that's winning this year is because he should have won for his season five years ago. They didn't give it to him at the time because they were too busy giving it to a guy that should have won five years before that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, 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 and your team, right. So in 84, the Tigers had a, a, a team that went out 35 and five. Mm-hmm. For the season, right, and they won the World Series ultimately. Uh, and and but a relief pitcher won the uh, MVP, um, which fairly unusual for a relief pitcher. I don't know any other relief pitcher actually that's ever won um, uh, an MVP. Um, and and Willie Hernandez had a four point eight WAR, um, and and just nothing about that season was extraordinary, or the rest of his career. And there were plenty of other guys in nineteen eighty four who had great years, who, who were way more deserving, but. We were in a time where we were evaluating pitchers based off of how many wins they got. So this guy got a bunch of wins. No, no, he didn't have a bunch of wins. He went nine and three with a one ninety two ERA. Uh, he pitched in eighty games and he had thirty two saves. 
I don't get it. So, so he, he wins the MVP where a guy named Eddie Murray, you've heard of Eddie yeah, Murray, Murray, yeah, right? Eddie Murray, you know, Hall of Fame player, has a 7 1 um, in a war. He has 29 homers, 110 RBIs, 107 walks, 410 on base, 918 ops. Yeah, he finished fourth. Right, but Another relief pitcher finished third. That's because we didn't know how to evaluate players right. outside of just. You know, like in Moneyball, when they're talking about all like the scouts and the way they look at guys, they're like, oh, he's got an ugly girlfriend. He's probably not that good. Like we still look at players like that. And we we remember players being better than they are if we like them. We, you know, we, we hang on to the idea that this guy's still got it even when he doesn't. So when it comes to these MVP things, perception, public perception, writer perception and the mythological status of the player matters so much, at least in the past. Now, yeah. you almost never see it. If you look at right. MVP winners right. since like 2000, every guy has a really solid war. There's only like one that kind of sticks out as being weird, which is Justin Morneau's 2006 AL MVP. But if you look at who is going against that year, there's not a, a a ton of other people. Minnesota was, I think, the best team in the league that year. Really, the guy you look at. No, is, they made the playoffs. They they didn't. They uh, were. They didn't have the best record. I thought they had the best record. Yeah, maybe they did. That's right. They played the Cardinals in the World Series, right? No, they didn't because oh, they lost. Oh, because they lost to the. They would have lost to the. They lost to the Yankees like every year at the playoffs. Yes, they didn't get to the World Series. You're right. Right. Oh six would have been Tigers. The Cardinals beat the Tigers. Cardinals beat the Tigers because that was the series where the Tigers had that unbelievable brain fart at third base, if I remember correctly. Um, but Morneau that year, like he was good. But Ortiz, like Morneau hit like 30 something homers. Ortiz hit like 54, which, which you could say, oh, look, the, the voters evolved. But the problem was, is that Morneau put up like four, four three, three war. Yeah. Everybody else was over five. So it was just, he was just the best offensive player on the best team. But even then we weren't using, and again, it's not that, that, that using B war is the only way to evaluate, but it's very interesting to see because it helps you look at the season and go, here is what we think is important. Now, in fact, when Morneau, uh, one that he was the second of three consecutive first baseman. Pujols uh, uh, in the National League won in 05, Morneau won in 06, and Ryan Howard won in 06 as well, the the only time that he you know, he exceeded five war in his entire se- uh, career. Um, and you were saying that winning uh, an MVP at first base is harder than ever now. Right, and you're going to still see guys do it, but I think part of the reason why you're going to see it's being harder and harder for guys to rack up MVPs at first base is you're not going to be able to rack up D-War like guys at other positions. If you're going to use war. If you're going to use war as one of your metrics, you're going to look at it, and the ability for a first baseman to impact the game defensively is not the same as a guy that's playing center or short. And I, I think also it's harder to stand out relative to your peers at first base than it is at positions where you don't typically expect a lot of power. For if you have a shortstop that's hitting three hundred and thirty-five home runs, it's a lot more valuable than a first base. No team. doubt, no doubt about that. No so doubt. you you weight it towards certain positions, like the same way. Like I, I can look at last year. If the Grom had stayed healthy and kept pitching like he had the first half of the season, he probably would. And the Mets made the playoffs. He wins MVP in Cy Young going away. It's not even close. So, and I'm glad you mentioned that the winning aspect is pretty good for the MVP. It's an important part of it. So, if if Grom kept pitching the way they were and the Mets didn't make the playoffs. Does he still get an MVP? He's probably up there, but it's a lot closer of a race. And, you know, people would say, well, does that mean it's just going to go to Otani every year? And from now, I'd be one of those people. And I don't think so, because one, the guy pitched like a top five in a 
top, he played like a top five hitter for sure. And a top 10 to maybe even a top five pitcher in the AL. If you have a guy on your team doing, doing that, that every, every year, year, he should be MVP every year. He probably should be MVP every year because just purely from a value standpoint, if you're equating value to dollars, whatever you're paying Shohei Otani is not as much as you'd be paying a guy to one guy to do both of those things. And and, and, and that's a nice thing. I think it's sort of right. a byproduct. But I, I, your point of you know that if he continues at this level is what it is right it gets way more just because he pitches and hits and right. if he's a pretty good hitter and a pretty good if pitcher a, that doesn't make him mvp because he does a, both yeah it's a lot more interesting of a discussion of shohei's a top five hitter and like a top 30 pitcher right right so he has to maintain this he has to maintain superior level of excellence because if, if he's top five in yeah. both there's really no way you can't give it to him but if the pitching or the hitting starts sliding and he starts becoming one more than the other well then you're saying well yeah he was a good hitter this year but he was not vlad guerrero jr good so um it, what is interesting is, is and and i i kind of cut off our list at 2011 because a lot of the guys that are on the list are, are still, still playing active, so yes. it didn't really make sense but you you mentioned first baseman and and dhs i think you have to sort of consider the dh in there as well if you're not Shohei otani of course right uh, and you actually don't you know play the field so you know since uh 2015 you've got uh giancarlo stanton won an mvp i guess he played some outfield in the year yeah. in florida that he was but there. he had a pretty unbelievable year that year. right and then jose obreu plays first base and DHs right. for you're, them. You're still going to have guys that'll get MVPs out of those positions because who are your biggest mashers and offensive threats a lot of the time? First baseman and right. DHs. So right. guys that have an unbelievable year like that will always be in the running for an MVP. But I think you have to have such... You're not going to get the cheapy MVP as you used to. You're not going to pull a Don Baylor in 79 and get an MVP. <laughs> right, right, right. And and you have to be careful. You look at, at, at 2020 because they only played 60 games. And so that the total war the total is going to be half or less right, than but, half of what it normally would generally be. Generally, when people look at 2020, I think for the most part, people are going to throw away awards from that season. So some, some anomalies, right? There was a guy in 1950 named Jim Constanti, and he played for the Philadelphia Phillies. And those, because I remember that... The whiz kids of 1950 who lost the World Series to the Yankees, uh, but that was you know the Phillies, who by the way who had never won a World Series and didn't win one until finally in 1980. Um, they uh, made the World Series that year, so he played on a World Series team and he had a 4.4 WAR. So there is the under you know five number. But the thing that really struck me was he had a career 11 war so he had you know like 40 percent of his war in one season and he somehow won the mvp and never did anything else the rest of his career noteworthy i mean there's only one other guy that really matches that which was the guy that won for texas in the 70s oh jeff burros right because he had he had like i think like a three six war that year and he was like under 20 for his career yeah, it was a catcher i think he hit 36 home runs that year and so <gasps> catchers that hit lots of home runs and so everybody like well they've got nobody else to pick i guess we'll pick this guy that's kind of that's kind of how it happened. And again, he had right, you know, a, a seventeen WAR for his whole career. Um, Steve Garvey won an MVP in the National League with a four point four WAR. Um, never was a giant Steve Garvey fan. Just would always be the kind of guy that struck me that he'd go five for five in a seventeen to three Dodger route. Right, like yeah, <laughs> it's like it's empty stats as people will call it. Just it. felt like that. I don't it, think it's it, fair, it, but now, that's how it felt but like. We're too. starting to evaluate that now. We're starting to look at the home runs that guys hit because. What's better, a guy that hits 20 high leverage home runs or a guy that hits 30 home runs, but only 10 of them are in situations that actually matter? Right. The guy. The guy hit 20 want, big ones. We want the guy who hits the big home runs. Right, right exactly. So I, I think you're, 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 you're going to see things like that do are meaningful, being the type of player that is 
clutch is not quantifiable, but it is. And and I and I, I wonder if like when those guys won MVPs, the Juan Gonzalez's, and I remember when Mo Vaughn, you know, he's a local guy from Norwalk here, you know, a local hero, uh, won the MVP for the Red Sox, and both Albert Bell and Edgar Martinez that year finished with seven wars, uh, and and Mo Vaughn won the MVP with a four point three WAR, and so you, you think at the time that I think, well, gee, Mo Vaughn wasn't really deserving. You no, know, I think I probably had thought at the time was Mo Vaughn played first base, Edgar Martinez was a DH, so I probably in my mind would have, okay, I'm gonna ding Edgar Martinez because he didn't play the. Field. And, and, and Albert Bell probably was and as And he did ba- play the field. You didn't want him to. Yeah, and Albert Bell was as bad a defender as Mo Vaughn. So. so you would excuse it away and you didn't have the metric of war to be going, you know what? Despite the fact that right. Albert Bell's and such a bad defender, were, he still has seven right. war. And so what you would do is you would just look at the numbers and right. you would go, okay, well, Mo Vaughn's got probably a similar, similar, if comparable, you know, average to Albert Bell. He's hit more home runs. He's got a few more RBIs. And he plays for a team that doesn't have as much talent around him. So you know he's the only one in that that lineup yeah move on should get it and then but when you really look at the numbers are like oh he should not get it and and so you know to wit you know aside from the 2020 season there hasn't been somebody who's had a less than five war season since wait, wait, my Morneau was the one more no is in two, with, he's, he's the, the only, only one guy in the 2000s so and i think now that we know what it is it's going to be really hard for people to whoops didn't see the guy had a 4.1 the war only way you're ever going to have that happen would be is if some pitch has one of those weird statistical seasons where like in theory they shouldn't be good but they are right like all the because they have a really weird batting average on balls in play like everything just like guys are just ripping the cover off the ball and just going at people the entire season and so you've got some guy that finishes like 21 and 6 with like a 2-9 ERA and everybody's like he's not actually that good but the, the numbers make him look that good and look we're cherry picking here, right? right? So we're going, we're going for the seasons. Like, let's find the worst seasons of the guys who won the MVP. Which you know, it's kind of interesting to talk about, particularly during a, a, a work stoppage in Major League Baseball. So when you look at stuff, it, Hall of Famers though kind of come out, and, and I'm going to say because he is neither of these guys are Hall of Famers yet. Um, Alex Rodriguez won the first of his three MVPs in 2003. The other MVPs he had an 8.4 WAR were over nine. Albert Kruhaus also had an 8-4. The next year, won three MVPs, also all more than nine. When you have nine war in a season. You you don't do that by accident. Right, right. You're probably a guy. Like, like, I don't know too many guys. We should do another one. Like, okay, who had the highest war season to single season where he just outperformed? We kind of did that a little bit. No, but but we would want to look at it more like who had the, who who are the players that a single season was the greatest percentage of their overall war. Right, right. We saw Constanti had 44%. And so you'd you'd have to put some cut off because there's probably a couple guys that they put up two war in their career and they did it 1.8 in one season but you put a level on that it would be interesting to see who are the guys that kind of like they were a, a really one season wonders so we we do have you know hall of famers are frankie frisch hall of famer uh the guy traded for rogers hornsby the fordham flash he won that first mvp with jimmy fox in 1931 for the national league with a 4-0 war mickey cochran won in 34 with the tigers with a 4-5 war gabby hartnett famous for his homer in the gloaming um, in 1935, had a 4 9 war. Ernie Lombardi, the slowest player ever to play Major League Baseball, uh, won the MVP in 38 with a 4.8 war. And Joe DiMaggio won the 1947 AL MVP with a 4.7 war. That just struck me really interesting. But I mean, it kind Joe of, DiMaggio. I mean, what was our original number when we were talking about war for the Hall of Fame? You needed to average four war a year. 
in order to be Hall of Fame eligible. We, we, for us, it was three that allowed you to talk about them. You were allowed to talk about it. Four generally. Four is going to be guys that are going to probably, probably be in the in. Hall of Fame. So, so yeah. it's not surprising that you could, because the other thing that you have to think about with war is the relative rest of the field. So a guy could win a season where he only had 4.9 war, but if nobody else was even close to that because everybody sucked that year, then you're going to win with less than five. So, you know, I, I just – the other anomaly I went back and thought is, you know, you know, have the guys that had the big war. We know Barry Bonds yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and Babe Ruth had a big war and all that kind of stuff. The biggest war season, though, ever I could find of the MVPs belongs to not Babe Ruth who had a 14-2 in 1923. That's – Pretty good. That's a pretty amazing season, and 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 Barry Bonds had an eleven nine. Um, so no, it's it's Walter Big Train Johnson had the best war season ever in nineteen thirteen. He had a sixteen point five war for the season as a pitcher. I mean, who, <laughs> uh, like pitchers back then were not particularly good. No, you know, he hit then. So one of the things I went and checked is because guys hit, and he was a pretty good hitter, is that I think he got, you know, like four or five war on his hitting or something, something enough war that it was significant to his, like to it his was total. Like 20 to 25% of his total war. But that, you know, wins above replacement. So you're thinking about the time he was pitching. That's how much better he was than everybody else to have a 16-5 war in one season. That's the highest season. I've Nobody will seen. ever beat that. I don't. I don't. I don't think so ever. Either. So um, yeah, I think we're um, you know interesting to see if, if Otani will will you know continue to do that and if he'll put up. He had a nine one WAR this year. So you know what? That's a big season. Nine WAR for is, is right, Hall right. of Fame like. I, I think it's the same way where you're like you can't make it purely about what guy is the most valuable player to his team because to kind of use the NBA defense, do you really want to give the MVP to LeBron every single season because it would go to him if you're just talking about purely the player that brings the most quote unquote value to the court because I mean you even get into that it depends on what the person assigning the award to. D- 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 Danes as but I can Allen. argue that. I mean, it basically, he's the guy that goes on your team and you play for a championship every year. And when he's not there, you're terrible. We've seen guys like leave the team and, and all of a sudden they're, they're, terrible. they're terrible. That has to be the most valuable player because without him, they're terrible. And with him, they're a championship caliber team. So baseball, at least you can, it's, it's harder for one player to make that level of difference, but cor- correct. Correct. So, um, and you know, finally in the last 10 years, you know, the two highest war seasons for MVP winners, uh, go to Mike Trout, unsurprisingly, uh, with a 10, five and Mookie Betts. Betts is, Betts is a kind of player that people are going to be surprised that he has already started to accumulate right. Hall of Fame worthy statistics. Right. We, we, we put him on that track. Like, hey, he's got a long he's way to go. Long. He's you got to realize how good he's, he's already got the requisite 10 years. He just doesn't have the aggregate stats that are going to make people go, whoa. Oh, OK. Yeah. But when you look at the numbers and the projections, he should get there. So I would think all the writers now, though, are considering war when they think about, you know, MVP, whereas before they didn't even know. Before it was eye test and who hit the most home runs. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Almost Cool.